Next, I'd like to introduce... Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. Davis brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, I'm medium, old. On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Good afternoon. You are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Easy to get involved. 437-7644. That is 4ESPN44. Text line 2880644. Twitter handle at ESPN Syracuse. Joining me as always, Mr. Daniel Baldwin. Hello. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the big show. Well, as predicted yesterday, let's talk New York Yankees, ladies and gentlemen. The Yankees in a stunning abuse of Koichi <laughs> on the mound. Of the Koich man on the mound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unstoppable, untouchable, un, 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 un. And who comes through? Mr. Perfection. Perfection himself. Perfection himself. Cousin of Taru Tanaka. <laughs> cousin of the great championship wrestling duo. Again, we can't verify Mr. Fuji <laughs> and Taru Tanaka. Listen, I make it up as it comes That's across fine. the desk. I like it. I like it. So Tanaka goes seven innings, lets up three hits, no runs, and beats Koichel like a stepchild. <laughs> yes. Beats him like a stepchild. And as big screen Billy Baldwin predicted. On the show yesterday. Brother of Nostra Daniel. Mm-hmm. And he said what would be key in this game is to see what happens if we get Koichel down. Get him down early. If we can score on him early. But what I want to talk about more. Max Max is here. He's live. He was at the game. Oh, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. <laughs> well, he's young. He can uh, come and go as he pleases, Daniel. You got, you, I'm Max, not that important here. Yeah, either, you've so. got no real obligations. Max Bragandi. Did they call you the Candyman when you were a kid? They did not. No. They did not? They well, will you, now. We're going to call him the Candyman now. They missed out on that Max one. Von Candy. That's the new nickname. <laughs> Max Von Candy. He likes Max nicknames. Von Candy Max. was at the game. And I got to ask you, because there's not a lot of footage of this available for us to pull up. What was it like, the ovation Tanaka got at the stadium? It was electric. It was like a college football game, like Girardi explained it in the past. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was insane. I've never been a part of a crowd that was like that. How'd you get tickets to the game? <laughs> So, Do you have his, up, his name is Von Candy. <laughs> I guess, yeah. He, he picks up a phone and he calls. How does how do, how old are you? Twenty three. How does a twenty three year old dope get tickets to that <laughs> game? Sorry, Max. To that game last night. Uh, funny story. I was watching the game at the York down here. Yeah, I was out to dinner, and uh, when they were losing, I was like, oh, "Okay." Like, saw Didi get on. I saw a couple hits. I was like, "They're gonna win this game." I was like, "When they win this game, I turned to my friend. I was like, "We're going to the game." And sure enough, they ended up pulling off the comeback, six unanswered runs, winning that game, and I bought tickets on StubHub. Oh, nice. Literally. Wow. What was that running on StubHub to go to that game? 
The fees were ridiculous. It was forty bucks for the fees, seventy for the ticket. So it was like one ten. One ten a shot. And I was in the bleachers, nosebleeds, but it was awesome. He's making more than us, Daniel. <laughs> one ten's more than more than than Big Ed pays me per shot. <laughs> <laughs> he's got StubHub money. He over. does, man. He's got StubHub download right on his phone. <laughs> that's the kind of candy that's running around this place. That's right the, can- now. the candy man does. So, so Tanaka Tanaka goes seven. Coochie goes four and two thirds innings. He gives up four runs on seven hits. And as we talked about yesterday, what's more concerning to you right now? And the great one, the most powerful one, the seer of the future, Nostra Daniel said, what I'm more concerned of than the relief pitching of the Astros is the lack of run production by the Astros, who have only scored nine runs in five games in this series. And, of course, they get blanked by cousin of Turu Tanaka last night. So, so you're at the game. And uh, um, they got to be feeling good, Max. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, the home run, I thought the place was just going to come down. It was ridiculous. I had beer spilling all over me. There was hot dogs flying around me. There was food. Like, everyone just threw everything up in the air. And it was just like a rainstorm of just random things coming down on top of everything. Now, you're at the game, and I brought this up yesterday to Josh, and I said, you know, is this – is there starting to become, and I think after last night the answer to this has to be yes, but because you witnessed it, is there starting to become a sense that this is a team of destiny? Oh, yeah. No doubt. It, it's completely, like, you got to believe right now. Like, there's no doubt that this team is, like, destined to go to the World Series now. Like, they're going to win this series. And I would, I would be shocked if they didn't. The Candyman. He may be the Nostradamus sidekick. Right he now. might be. He might Nostra be. Daniel and the Candyman. Maybe man. we just we just abbreviated to Nostra Candy. I like it. <laughs> it could be. Who can pick your baseball <laughs> and wrap it in a dream? Yeah, baby. So now we go back to Houston tomorrow. Yes. Houston does well at home. And they have to go up against Verlander again. Who? Pretty much blanked them mm-hmm. at home. You know, but that's a two to one game, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, no, it wasn't it was, like he. No, we was, weren't in the game. No, absolutely, but he's very good. Yeah, and, he's definitely good, but, but he's not, we're very good but, too. But but but, but Koichi was supposed to be better than him, <laughs> and and we and we beat him up at, at, back at the woodshed. Yeah, they beat him up and they beat him up early, and they, they it, the crowd really got into it from the jump. With it started off with how well Tanaka was pitching, but when they started scoring the runs, it was just it was over. You could feel it, like, and there was no doubt. Going into that game, every person I talked to, it was like they, everyone knew the Yankees were going to win. You know, they say, too, that uh, um, if you have more strikeouts than runs or more strikeouts than hits, you probably won the game. And he had like seven strikeouts, I think, and he had no runs and only three hits. So, that, I mean, that's just a phenomenal performance by Mr. Perfection, Teru's cousin, uh, the big man, Tanaka. So, so, so now we look forward to a game tomorrow night in Houston. And, you know, I don't think that prognosticators around the world expected the Yankees to be in this position, nor do I think I think that they're going to be favored, Houston, in the game. Again, as they were at the stadium, they were favored at the stadium yeah. to win with this pitching matchup. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we could take this game and wait to see what happens. There are two other teams playing in the National League, aren't there? Uh, oh, yeah, the Dodgers and the Cubs. That's right. Does anyone care? No. About what happens with the Dodgers. Well, I think I think that if Max is correct, and I'm not Nostra Daniel or the Candyman by any means, but I think you see a Dodgers Yankees World Series. Yeah. How much do you love that? I love it. How much do you love that? And the and you know and that plays a bigger factor 
in this series if the Yankees go against the Dodgers. Because remember, you're talking about three time zones traveling back and forth. If you don't think that that matters, it really does. It really matters a lot to, to do that. I know from a professional standpoint, I've shot movies back and forth. I once was shooting a movie in Delaware and a movie in Los Angeles at the same time, and I had to keep flying back and forth and show up for work the next day. Yeah. I'd red eye in, be taken straight to work. It is a factor for sure. So uh, uh, making it not the Cubs and making it a Yankee-Dodgers series um, that's gonna that's gonna be something to uh, to take into consideration about who travels better. You're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Here's audio of Sanchez's home run that we were just talking about here with the Candyman. O2. And the eruption, the eruption happens. It was a no-doubter. It yeah. was one of those where you saw it off the bat and you were like, yep, that's gone. See you later. I'm going to coin a new phrase. It was Viagric. <laughs> <laughs> it was Viagric. It was Viagric. It you was knew it was going to happen. It was Viagric. It was, it was, it was eruption, erection, mm-hmm. and electric. Mm. It was Viagric. Nobody gets better sports like terms it. than Daniel Baldwin. No, it was Viagric. I'm going to stay with it. Please. I like I'm it. Stay with it. So we go into Houston. Max, tell me, what are you looking for in Houston? Runs, and more runs, and just keep scoring runs. Honestly, this offense is—it's amazing, and uh, it—I know it sounds like straightforward to say, but you need to score a lot of runs because um, this—the Astros' offense is a sleeping giant waiting to be awoken, and they can put up just as much runs, as many runs as the Yankees can at any given time, any given game. So you really got to get—you got to get on Verlander early. And you just got to get him knocked out, like you did with uh, what do you call him? Viagra. No. Oh, perfection. Oh, 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 no, Keichel. What do you call Keichel? Keiki. Keiki. Coochie. <laughs> he likes coochie. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I like Viagra with the coochie. What did uh, Big Screen Billy Baldwin say yesterday? You got to get out there and get a lot of runs, right? Big, so. big Screen Billy. No, no, no. Listen, I, and I can't say that I always agree with everything said in the room. I don't think I agree with scoring early again, even a run, a single run and taking mm-hmm. a 1-0 lead. Remember, there's something about momentum to be taken into consideration. If you don't think the Astros have their tails between their legs going home knowing they lost three straight, and that they could have put themselves in the catbird seat. Now they have to win. They have to win. Their back is against the wall. What's going to happen? If they don't win this game, it's over. So we don't, we're not even talking about Game 7. There's a different kind of pressure. There's a different kind of mindset. Every time you get up to bat, you let you know one batter go by and he strikes out. Then a second one. You know, where there's that, those great scenes in the movie The Natural. Remember mm-hmm. the movie The Natural? Mm-hmm. When they brought in the, the uh, psychologist to talk to the team? Losing is a disease. And, they, and, and the doctor stands up in front of them and starts talking to them about how lo- it is. It is. It's a mindset. Baseball is, you know, in hitting... A lot of it is psychological. You know, it's, it's the same as golf. How hard is it really to hit a golf ball? Not that hard. But when you get up there and you start getting into your head about seeing water and the wind and ball, and suddenly you're 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 so. That's what's what's wrong with Tiger Woods right now. Tiger Woods is Houston right now. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. He's, he's in his own head. He's Tiger Viagra Houston. He's Tiger Viagra. There's so many new terms being thrown at you today on the Daniel Holland Show. You've got to really. There's going to be a test later. There is a test. I hope you're taking notes. Yes. We want to make sure that you are in the loop the entire time. So. And, let's, Let's talk Yankee pitching. Yeah. Let's talk Yankee pitching. Let's talk about what they're going to face. Uh, who's on the hill? The... Severino. Severino. Yeah. And then and, you got CC for a game seven if you well, get him. You know what? CC's got, he, he may indeed be 
our, our opening pitcher against either the Do- it looks like the Dodgers in mm-hmm. three to one. I mean, it's theirs to lose right now. They just got to grab one more game, and they're in the series against what I think is going to be a New York Yankee team with a, not a lot of expectation. I think this is gravy for the Yankees. I think, but it does put us back in a conversation that we had yesterday about what's that contract going to look like for the coach of the Yankees now? Yeah, he, 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 you know, he, he goes in there. He's in the in the catbird seat. Did you have any uh, conversations with Joe Girardi yesterday? Well, no. you were down there, Candyman. Uh, no. Unfortunately, no. no I missed him this time. <laughs> you missed you miss Joe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a little preoccupied. I wanted to give him some space. Yeah. But do you think that? Do you think that he's got the he's he's got him by the balls a little bit here now that they've got three and I hopefully mean, go to the series? I think it was a little ridiculous to be calling for his head in the first place mm-hmm. when they were saying he should be fired. Uh, I mean, the guy wins. He knows how to he knows how to manage a game too, and he's got a World Series. New York fans just are very on edge. All the time, yeah, and they just kind of need to relax once in a while. Well, I think I think that we're we're probably never going to be privy to the real facts of what happens in these situations. And I say that when I when I say it, I mean, who knows what Girardi said to them in the beginning of the season? But the fact of the matter is, as the season began, it was made known in the press that this was his last year. What were they going to do? Now, if he didn't want to sign and they didn't want to say that and they and they came to an agreement, but they're, they've got themselves in a position now where only Girardi could look bad by not resigning, really, because they have no choice but to resign him to at least a swan song one year, particularly if they go to the World Series. I mean, I think he's already in the Yankees. The Yankee fans would be very upset, as would the players. That uh, if they don't resign him, but if he goes to the World Series, I don't care if he wins it or not. If he goes to the World Series, he would have to make some of the stupidest coaching decisions in the history of the world to not have every Yankee fan and every Yankee player say, "You need to resign him." Mm-hmm. So That's he's, the truth. Steinbrenner has put himself in a situation where he's going to have to he's going to have to dip into the well a little bit now to pay this guy. This guy's in a in, in a great position right now for sure. Yeah, he is. I mean, and. Like I said, he knows how to win games. And this team wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs. They weren't supposed to beat Cleveland, who was arguably the best team in baseball at the time. They're not supposed to beat the Astros, mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to go to the World Series. So they're really playing with nothing to lose. Well, like, and, there, and there's something else to be said, too. I know from, uh, as, from being an athlete myself, when you get into um, a sideline conversation, a dugout conversation, whatever the sport may be, and you're with a guy that's been out on the field as a proven veteran player too, who's now a coach. You know that as a player, you know this guy's talking from experience, from having been on World Series championship teams as a player. That's very, very different to bring it out for them to bring somebody that wasn't a Yankee to take his place if they go to the World Series would be an astronomical media hill to climb for the front office of the New York Yankees. So I don't see them as having a choice. It's up to Joe if for some reason we you know there and there could be factors. There there have been guys who who've stepped down from coaching positions and you find out two years later their wife was very sick or something. Mm-hmm. So you know it could be a personal reason, but I see I see Girardi back uh, in the pinstripes absolutely one hundred percent for sure for at least at least a one year contract next year. Or the other side of the coin is they go to the series, they knock on wood win and that's kind of his. That's a right, big knock on wood. That's a wood big right knock on wood, and he goes, uh, you know, he goes, thank you. I had a great year. You know, I, I, I don't see it. You don't, I don't see, see it. I don't see it. If he wins, I think that he has to come back. He's. This is a team he's built. Tenth season. How many Yankee managers have done ten consecutive seasons in the last fifty-two? 
you know, so uh, not even to one, maybe. So, you know, yeah, you know, I, I don't see that. I think that if he wins the series, he comes back now to find out, is this going to be a dynasty that wins six out of the next ten? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, the players are young enough to do that. You throw out CC and a couple of guys, which I'm sure they have people developmental and they've got the money to bring in other players. But do they have the core of a run now, you know, and, and I think they do. I think they have a, for them to perform at this level now, imagine how they're going to be when Judge has three more years behind him and really knows pitching in the league. And he's a rookie, for God's sake, who had, what, 52 home runs? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy could hit 80 home runs. Mm-hmm. He could. He could. He really could. He's I a mean, freak. Yeah, he is. He's a freak. Well, the question is out there, is this a destiny? Are we watching a destiny team right now? Or are they, are, are they going to go to the series? You can get involved quite easily. 315-288-0644, is that text line. You can text us right there, directly right here to Daniel Baldwin. And, of course, the phones are always open for ESPN44. That is 437-7644. Candyman, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Candyman, we'll come back. You're listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Max Fun Candy. Come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Sunday, the Giants are at MetLife against the Seahawks. Pre-game at 325. Big Blue plays here. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is a special presentation. The Daniel Baldwin Show. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Twitter handle at... ESPN Syracuse text line 288-0644-315-288-0644 as your New York Giants, one in five New York Giants head to Seattle to take on a two and three Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's three and two. Sorry, I'm sorry. Three and two. Um, Seattle's still in the run. What do we say about the New York Giants at one and five um, in a division that, uh, you know, nine wins can easily get you a playoff berth? Uh, so do you look at this now and say to yourselves, okay, let's slowly take it one game at a time. And can we, with 10 games left, win eight or nine of those games? And, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot to ask from a team that's one and five. So, the question about the individual game, I think what the Giants discovered in their one victory was Darkwa. You know, Darkwa runs the ball. He runs 20 carries for 117 yards. The Seattle Seahawks give up 4.9 yards. I think they're the second worst in the league against the rush. So I think you have to go with what got you your one win. I think you expect to see the Giants run the ball, do some play action to set up the pass for Eli. Uh, and hopefully um, the, the the problem is is that – the Seattle Seahawks have been able to exploit throwing the ball their number one or two in the league, uh, 20-yard-plus passes, and the Giants' defensive secondary against the long ball has been susceptible, to say the least. So look for Seattle to throw the ball, 20-yard-plus passes, to try to exploit a weak defensive secondary with the Giants. And can the Giants ground it out and limit some of those big games, uh, big gains against uh, the Seattle Seahawks? But I, I, you know, if they don't win this game at home, uh, then it becomes, what do we do with the season? I really do believe that. I think that, um, you know, are they 
Are they going to try to see what some of the younger players can do because they realize that they're not going to be a playoff factor? Does that happen in sports? I think it does. I think it does. I think you, you know, you have to start to take a look at what does the next season look like and maybe trim people that would normally get hurt. You know, so are you going to start playing your starters deep into the third quarter in games that you're not in? You know, we see this a lot in the NBA. Your position has already been um, been fixed. You know, you're the number seven seed. You've got three games left, and you pull Kareem Abdul-Jabbar out of the game early in the third quarter. Why would you not just rest him to get ready for a playoff run? Well, I think the same thing's going to happen to the Giants if they don't put together a couple of wins. If they don't turn this around starting this week, I think you're looking at a lost season for the Giants, in which case, how will the front office now with the coaching staff manage that? Um, you know, do you play for pride? <laughs> right. I don't know if that happens in, in, in uh, professional sports. Do you play anymore. for draft? Do you play for a draft pick? Well, I don't Or think, not play, rather, for a draft pick. Well, I don't think you're going to see Eli not start. You right. know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not inferring that. But the question is, you know, do you actually run your offense and run plays around the fact that you don't want to get people hurt and you're making an investment in finding out who can play and treat it more like you do preseason? You know, so um, I would like to think that that doesn't happen very often. But I got to tell you, if I'm the guy writing the checks... You know, I, I, I want to protect Eli and see if I can't get another season or two out of him while he's still proficient. I mean, he's got an, an 89.5 quarterback rating, which is not embarrassing, but it but it's, that's actually amazing for a team that's 1-5. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I see this as a must-win for them, for the franchise, to try to turn this into a positive season. Hey, listen, if they came in and won seven games this year and lost nine... I think that's 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 a pretty good run. That's six out of the next nine that they're going to win. Six well, let's talk next. Eli. 36 years old. This is his, uh, what is it, 2000, how many seasons is he in now? He came in at 22, so, you know, he's got it's he's been got a while, right? Years, yeah, yeah. So, so where do we go with him? I don't think you can let a guy who's won uh, multiple Super Bowls, um, you know, I think Eli probably goes to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, anybody that wins multiple Super Bowls, it's not a fluke. Um, I don't think this would be the way he wants to go out. And also, I think you have to take a look at what does his presence bring to the Giants for the next quarterback that's going to take over. So uh, I don't see him as a sideline guy that's going to stick around very, very long and back anybody up, that's yeah. for sure. But, and I also don't see him taking a trade somewhere else. He's going to end the Giants. So uh, I see another season, though, beyond this one, unless he gets hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, or something like that. But uh, but then again, look at his brother. You know, his brother turned around and turned it around. So would they take? Would he, would you know if 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 Oakland turned up the juice next season? And would would he take a trade to a team if the Giants were one and five? Would he take a trade right now? Would Eli Manning take a trade right now to the Kansas City Chiefs if their quarterback goes down with a with a run a possible Super Bowl run? Geez, that's an interesting scenario. I don't know. If I'm him, I want to go out a winner, but. What does that say about about the sport? You know that he would leave the Giants. I, I think he ends a Giant. I think that's... yeah. I think I think your first your first prediction is correct. I think he stays yeah. with the team. Yeah. I think he's loyal to them. I, I go for the cash. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you the, want the money. Yeah, the great Ed Levine. Are you kidding me? He it's takes all grab. the change in his pocket and hands it to me. Every Absolutely, day. Daniel Baldwin. He does. Two eight eight oh six forty four is the text line. You know, to answer your question, yeah, I came in today and I said to Josh, I said, Hey, Josh. Is it week two that they give me one of those little cards that opens up the gate so I can park my car inside? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you got to prove yourself here yeah. first, man. You yeah. So I write that to Ed. Yeah. I said, hey, Ed, what do I have to do? Is it week two? But he writes me back, I'm still waiting for mine. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he wrote back. 
and I think I think week four you get bathroom access. So uh, God, you got been, something to look forward to. And I've been holding it in. I know you. It's terrifying. Well, they will play down at MetLife, uh, your New York Giants, on Sunday, 425 kickoff. Of course, you can hear that. Uh, you can watch it on CBS. So we're not we're not talking at all about um, the Dodgers and the Cubs, and, and is that because we're just so inundated with the Yankees here, and we love our Yankees, uh, or do we just not even care about the National League? I don't. I don't even know if we care. I mean, I I, I think this is a Yankees town. It's it's a Yankees or a, we oddly enough a Red Sox town, and even a Mets town a little bit. It is a Mets town because I don't hear anything about the Mets. You'll town. hear a. Uh, every once in a while, you find a guy who loves the Mets, and you know I think now that they're going to have their affiliation with the Chiefs, you're going to have a little bit of maybe some more Mets love up here. But I think you know Yankees, uh, like you, you you want a winner, you're, you're going to pack the Yankees. And that becomes an interesting question. Tomorrow, tonight, I fly as soon as I leave here. Uh, we finish at four. I'm on a five twenty one flight, and I'm flying to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I'm going to interview the Straw, Daryl Strawberry. I interview him for another publication. And I'm looking forward to seeing Daryl. I haven't seen him in over 15 years. And, and you know, as I look at his career, and he's one of those guys that was a New York guy. He was yeah. a Met. I think he did his most damage as a Met. But he wins three World Series with the New York Yankees. So I'm dying to ask him, are you a Met or a Yankee? I mean, what, what do you identify with? I think he... His Yankee runs, you know, he only had one year where he had like 24 home runs or whatever, but he was part of a big machine in the late 90s that won several World Series that he was part of. But I wonder which what, what he sees himself. It's like Clemens. What does Clemens see himself as? Does he see himself as a Red Sox, or does he see himself as a guy who won multiple titles with the New York Yankees? Yeah, there's, a, there's kind of a bunch of those guys who come to the Yankees for rings. Right. You know, they want... They want to win, and they know how to do that, and they know who's got the the money to bring them in and put together the team to win a World Series or three, four, five, six. You know, so those kind of guys that are playing, they'll 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 cut their teeth with the Mets or a Red Sox or uh, a, the Atlanta Braves or whatever, and then they come to the Yankees to win. The oddity of this particular scenario, though, is if you're a Milwaukee Brewer and yeah. then you come and play four years for the Yankees and win three World Series. I can see you wanting to say, I was a New York Yankee. Of course. I can. But when you were a New York Met, and you were one of the most feared bats in baseball for a while, I mean, Strawberry had 335 home runs, uh, you know, he, and, and he hit a majority of them with the Mets. Yeah. So when you come in and you go from a one New York team to another, or in the Clemens scenario, you go from an arch rival to another, you know? So it's Schilling goes from Philadelphia, and he goes up and he does his thing with with Boston. That's not like going from Boston to the Yankees. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's like you know dating your older sister and marrying your younger sister. You know, I mean, there's going to be some problems there. There's I mean, going to be yeah. some problems. I hear you're saying. you saying. Know, the guy's going to come to the dinner table and he's going to be hated by by his own team sometimes. Right. right. You know I mean, which I think you have to look at where Clemens. Until Clemens started, the Yankees love and New York fans love to see a win. But in the beginning, when he came. He was a Red Sox. Yeah, we that hate that a, guy. Uh, totally. We, hate, we totally. hate that guy. Why is he here? You think Babe Ruth traveled up to Boston and started swatting home runs over the big green monster and nobody turned around and yeah. didn't like him? Exactly. He was a pitcher for the Red Sox, for yeah. God's sake. They let him go for, you know, for some beads and 26 bucks along with Manhattan. <laughs> you are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show. Get your opinions heard right here on the text line, 288-0644. Phones are open, 315-4ESPN-44-437-7644. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse.
Did you miss In the Booth with Matt Park? It was Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, uh, that was going to be my second that guess. That did it. And apparently, oh, yeah. I don't know Randy if Randy play- Puffo, fire <laughs> league player for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, yeah. If this, I wasn't expecting an impersonation. That was one of the few I can do. This, they, uh, I can do Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. brother. In the Booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. Follow us on Twitter, ESPN Syracuse. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Daniel Baldwin Show live on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Tune in tonight, 8 o'clock, for the replay of Syracuse football's historic upset over Clemson. Relive the excitement right here on ESPN Syracuse, 8 o'clock tonight. Speaking of Clemson upsetting, I mean, SU upsetting Clemson, ticket sales have spiked. Syracuse.com reporting that officials say there have been a spike in ticket sales for the next home game on November 11th against Wake Forest. No surprise there. Well, you know, and and when you look at this division and you look at college football as a whole, when you've got a Alabama, Auburn, you know, and you've got a you know even a Tennessee, Alabama, these are all within hundreds of you know a couple hundred, three hundred miles from each other. How does Syracuse travel away against Miami? I yeah. mean, are we going to have a presence of orange down at that stadium? You will. There's a lot. There's a decent amount of snowbirds that'll show up. Right. Those right. people who live down there, they've moved there. I think you'll see a little bit of orange. You're not going to see as much as you'll see Miami, obviously, but uh, there'll be enough orange in there. It, it, they do travel to Miami coming up this week on another game on ESPN, and there's a lot of different kind of elements. You're you're flying high off a big upset. Mm-hmm. You're going in against Miami. They haven't played, by the way. Miami and SU have not played since 2003. Miami won that one 17-10. Um, but it's been that long since since they've played. Well, I, I mean, uh, I gotta say, are we storming the field if we win against number eight? I'll storm- be storming my living room. That's fine. Yeah, storming? I will storm. Will? Yeah, I absolutely will. Will you throw orange peels all around the oh, room? Abs- I always do, anyways. I like it. <laughs> it's just I kind like of a thing I do. Very much. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The great pumpkin, Josh. That's right. You're um, not the first one to call me that, Daniel. Oddly yeah, enough, look at my head. I like it. Uh, uh, you know, we're not talking about. Uh, I believe tonight we've got the Chiefs against the Raiders, and and and, and the great one. Yeah? The great one has something for you. Oh, for tonight's game. I do. Okay, please. You believe? Ice hole is prepared. How's yours? Quatrains from the great one. What is this? It's time for Nostra Daniel. Want to make yourself some money? Let me give you this statistic. Interdivisional home dogs in the NFL cover 72% of the time. Now, let me explain. The Raiders in Kansas City are both members of the AFC West. That makes them interdivisional. Oakland is at home, and they are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. That means that 72 out of 100 times since Monday Night Football was created, interdivisional home dogs cover 72% of the time, which this would qualify for. More importantly... On Monday night or Thursday night special games, interdivisional home dogs cover a whopping 92% of the time. Uh Because they are alone, they are on national television, and the game then becomes 
of more importance from a viewer standpoint. With that said, the mighty and great one shall tell you now. Take Oakland plus the three and a half. Wow. The great Nostra Daniel has spoken. Wow. The great one has spoken. That's some free money right there. There you go. You bank, you can bank, and you can take that one to the bank. You can take that one to the bank. So we got a caller. Is Larry Dickman around? Larry Dickman, everybody. Larry La- Dickman. Larry Dickman is he? What is he? We got Larry Dickman on line one. <laughs> We're laughing because we know Larry. Yeah, Larry. Hey, Larry, are you there, Larry? Big fan of the show, Larry. Hey. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Larry, we love you, kid. Yes, Larry Dickman. What what can we do for you? I met Larry at a pawn shop recently. <laughs> He had a lot to say. I gave him out the number. I told him, Larry, please call in. Because, uh, you know, some of the things that he had to say were cutting edge. Mm. They were cutting edge. Larry, what does you want to talk about today, bud? Larry? Uh, Larry? Larry, are you there? Are you there? We, we might have lost No, Larry, we still have we? Larry. We uh, still have. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. All right. Uh, Great connection, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal amazing. clear. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> Larry, sorry. Please focus. All right, if the new administration in Miami is going to start from scratch, Jeter may make a play for Giardi. If that happens, what the hell? If that happens, I hope we get Donnie Baseball to come back to New York. God, he can't, now, now the he, great, he can't even read. Larry he can't, read. he can't even read. Yeah. The question was this. <laughs> Co-owner of the Marlins, Derek Jeter, may make a play. He made, Did that just flop, ladies and gentlemen? No, I think that was a huge hit, Daniel. How dare you? It was huge. I think that the, the caller, Larry, whatever, Dickman, claims that if, if Derek Jeter, co-owner of the Miami Marlins, wants to start from scratch and really make an impact down there, he will make a play for Joe, Joe Girardi. That's where the offer will come from. Derek Jeter in Miami. Wow. Wow. Um, okay, so... The Yankees had the choice. Billy Baldwin himself talked yesterday, my brother Billy, about when the Yankees made the choice of going with a, a more fiery coach in Joe Girardi and the, instead of somebody who was a little more Joe Torriesque and Don Manningly. Uh, and he, he believed, and as I do believe, Girardi was probably the guy after coming out of the Tory era, uh, you know, with a guy that, uh, you know, he didn't really necessarily run out of the, out of the dugout and argue calls vehemently and kick a little dirt you know, more Billy Martin-esque. Uh, so, so we've had a guy um, that has gotten success. Here's the big thing. So um, does, uh, let me give you a, a different example. Um, does, uh, okay, let's look at Michigan University, okay? Do we take the coach at Michigan University right now who has coached in at uh, um, Stanford and then he coached for the 49ers, um, Jimmy Harbaugh we're talking about. And do we take him if he starts to turn this program around, which he's already done, and starts to finally see his guys? He's in season, I think, four now. So if he if he starts to become a national threat, he eliminates these stupid Michigan State games like he did this year in the next three years. Does he walk away when he gets another big NFL offer? That's kind of what you're asking about Girardi. I hear what you're saying. You know, Girardi's been here 10 years, um, and, and, and now he's poised. For even no matter what they do the rest of this year, he's poised to make a run. Yeah. You know, I mean, be a, a real threat for five, six seasons at least with the guys he has if they can keep them there. 
Um, so that becomes a cashman situation. Do you keep our guys we have, continue to develop who we have, and maybe trade for a couple of pitchers? And we're set. You know, So I cannot see him walking away. I cannot see the, the allure of money. Now, if he had come into this year with a new five-year deal already set, but remember what we've talked about already, he does not have a contract. And they waited. They, they rolled the dice that the Yankees were not going to win a World Series this year or, or be very successful. Or they would have, in hindsight, have signed him early and, and made a deal. Now Cashman's going to have to fork over the money. Is money going to be the factor that pulls Girardi out and takes a team that is absolutely not in the same position as the New York, New York Yankees? You think he wants to sweat equity it at his age right now? No. no. He wants to win three more rings if he's going to stay at all. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, can, I cannot see that scenario happening. But... With the relationship that they have right now, Jeter has, with Don Mattingly, yeah. oh, I see that as a great fit for them. I see Mattingly going down there, riding Pony again, side by side with Jeter, and making that into a, a, a prolific organization again. I could easily see that happening. I could easily. I do not see Girardi going somewhere else. Unless, unbeknownst to me, they're going to offer him $7 million a year or some crazy number that... For the sake of him and his family for the next 25 years, he cannot. I'm going to make him an offer again. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. I think I think the guy, he's built a team. He's helped build this team. He's got a run ahead of him. If he's going to if he's gonna finish his career, you might as well finish it as a Yankee. Why go and try to rebuild something in Miami and all that headache? Let Don Mattingly go to Miami, and we keep Girardi, and then that's, that's the deal. Well, those side factors that you don't just, that you don't talk about, like I said, you know, uh, if his daughter's in college at you know at, at somewhere in Tampa, you yeah, know, and it's one of those gigs where he's making the decision based on some other factor. But the clear cut question was, would he do it for money and to go with? No, I don't think he would do that. I remember being asked the question when I was on Best Damn Sports Show period um, uh, about uh, Rafael Palmero. Uh, tr- being traded to the Cubs. There was great talks about him leaving the Rangers and going to Cubs to shore up him and Sosa and become you know, a little more dangerous to make a run. And I said, there is no way Paul Merrill would leave his family with his children in high school in Texas right now. His wife would never want that. He's a very devout Christian and father and family man. There is no way that's going to happen. They were like, what do you mean? The guy has never run a- won a ring you know, this is a chance for him to go out, you know, with a blaze. I went, I don't care what it is. He's not going to go. I do not see this as happening. I, I, I don't see it. Phenomenal question from a great caller, Larry yes. Dickman. Yes, uh, Larry was on fire. Always. It's <laughs> really 100%. Yeah. 100%. Thank you, Larry. Always, uh, phones are always open Thank for you. Thank you, Larry. We'll come back and ready to close things out, uh, get our predictions and uh, last thoughts on Clemson, Miami. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse. an upset of mighty Clemson. It does not get easier this Saturday for the Orange. They head to Miami to face the Hurricanes. Pre-game at 1.30, kickoff at 3.30. Catch Syracuse football all season long on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. Coming off an upset of mighty Clemson. It does not get easier this Saturday for the Orange. They head to Miami to face the Hurricanes. Pre-game at 1.30, kickoff at 3.30. Catch Syracuse football all season long on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. Is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. (laughs) 
if you guys knew this stuff. That was Larry Dickman is PMS. Larry Dickman is in a mood. ESPN Syracuse presents an advanced screening of the ESPN 30 for 30 Nature Boy, the Ric Flair story at the Red House Center on Thursday, November 2nd. Get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at the legendary wrestler before it airs on TV. Winners will see the movie, have a chance to win the complete 30 for 30 library, and enjoy a free meal after the one and only Brent X. We'll do a Q&A. Brought to you by United Auto Supply and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Caller 10 right now at 437-7644. You're going to win that. Quickly, we are running out of time, Mr. Baldwin. we got a big one coming up. SU Miami, yeah. I think I said Clemson Miami before we're going to break. You did say Clemson Miami. Yeah, I'm a little little drunk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) SU Miami, uh, down in Miami, go ahead. Yeah, you know, um, they are. I can't. I can't believe that this. That I just read this. Syracuse is a seventeen or seventeen and a half point underdog. Yeah. You know, does no one believe what happened against Clemson, or is it just because it happened in the in the mighty dome? I think. I think they thought. I think people see it as a fluke. Yeah. They do see it as everybody. The, all the picks that you're reading though are picking SU. I think a, a bunch of homers up here in Syracuse are no, picking SU. No, that's not the truth. They're, they're not. There's, there's two picks uh, of the of the homers. At Syracuse.com. What is it? Orange.com? Syracuse.com, yeah. Syracuse.com, yeah. yeah. There, there's two picking uh, SU and three picking Miami to win the game in, in a close game. I don't see 17, 17 and a half points. Um, actually, I think this could be uh, a field goal game. And I, I don't know why, but suddenly I'm feeling. Oh, over, no. I'm suddenly I'm. Feeling overtime. Oh, no. No, Sir Daniel. You've got maybe 30 seconds for a prediction. Syracuse has to stop the run. Yeah. Um, They have to stop the run. These guys can run the ball, and they can run it hard. But we said that about Clemson. So, really, what what, what does – did Dino get them um, to believe that what happened wasn't a fluke? So, uh, obviously, the prognosticators around the world and the casinos believe it was a fluke. And so – they're going to take 17 points. I see it as a much tighter the game than that, and Syracuse could definitely win the game. Special teams, very important. Uh, Daniel and I off tomorrow, back Monday for a fresh show. Hopefully we're talking about an SU win over Miami. Brent Axe is up next. Talk to you guys next week. Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. God bless. This is Orange Nation. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> there go their playoff hopes. Were there were there playoff hopes? No. Okay. No. Just wanted to clarify that. Like they had like the longest of long shots to get the eight seed. That's and like saying the Browns are in a must poof. win uh, this Sunday to, they to are. keep their playoff hopes alive. They are. Yeah. Nets aren't going to the playoffs. Orange Nation noon to two. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM.